Welcome to the Legacy Leaders Podcast. Are you doing the best for your client to help them create their legacy? Are you creating a plan that goes far beyond finances to help people ensure that it becomes the driving force behind all decisions? On this podcast, hosts Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller will help you with growing your practice and your client's peace of mind. Together, they bring the best and brightest minds to share with you how to help your clients develop their best legacy. And now, here are your hosts, Katie Beth and Stan. Welcome to the Your Life, Your Legacy podcast. I'm your guest host, Diane Robinson, investment advisor with IP Financial Advisory Services, LLC. Today, my guest is Bill Jeff Coates. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Hey, before we get into talking with Bill, there's a couple things I wanted to tell you about him. He's a He was a sergeant with the United States Marine Corps Vietnam K-9 combat veteran. He is the senior vice commandant of MCL Detachment 827, and he's a life member of the Dog Handlers Association. He is also the president of Life Changing Service Dogs for Veterans. Did I get all that? Nothing else I need to add? No. No, okay. Well, before you talk, Bill, there's there's a couple things I want to say to the audience. Um, I don't usually pick the person that I'm going to interview for this podcast, but today I picked you, and I want everyone to know why. Early this year, I attended the Pittsburgh chapter of ISA uh, Cybersecurity Annual Forum, and each year the chapter chooses a charity to donate to. This year, Bill's organization was chosen, and he accepted the check on behalf of his group. Then he told us the story that he's going to tell you today. I just wanted to warn you, everyone listening to him either was openly crying or fighting back tears. So you may want to have a tissue or two nearby. Okay, Bill, you're ready to go. But tell us about your organization and about yourself. My name is Bill Jeffcoat, United States Marine Corps, Vietnam combat veteran, K-9, out front. I was a war dog handler. I had one of the most dangerous jobs in Vietnam. But I tell everybody, I had a girlfriend in Vietnam, but she had four legs. Her name was Fraulein, 4X10. Whether we were walking point on patrol, doing search and destroys, setting ambushes, running three-man killer teams, gathering intel with recon, or just walking perimeter, Fraulein was my lifeline. I walked this earth because of a dog. A human nose has 25 million scent receptors in it. A German Shepherd, 225 million. Its hearing is almost 10 times greater. Because of those capabilities, the NVA put bounties out on both the war dog and the handler. If you were to kill a war dog, cut off its tattooed ear, it was $20,000. If you were to, were to kill a handler, Take a unit patch or a rank insignia was $10,000. There was 4,000 dogs used in Vietnam. 350 were killed in action. 263 handlers, including two veterinary techs, lost their lives. Less than 200 dogs returned back to the United States. The remaining dogs were turned over to the Arvin forces. While in, in Vietnam, I finished my first tour and extended for a second tour. Four months into that second tour, I was told by command that they were going to send me back to the world. It was then that I went to command, put in a request to bring Fraulein home with me. I offered them $5,000. That request was denied. 
the day before I left Vietnam, one of the other handlers came up to me and said that the vet wanted to see Fraulein. I went to the kennel, got Fraulein, went over to the vets, walked in, and they told me they were putting her down. They gave me five minutes alone, came in and euthanized her, and she died in my arms. And a piece of my heart died that day. The next day, I left Vietnam. 27 days later, I disembarked in San Diego, uh, California, where I was met by crowds of people yelling, screaming, calling me names, throwing things at me, spitting on me. This was not the welcome home that I envisioned. I was told not to wear my uniform home on leave. My next and final duty assignment in the Marine Corps was at the Marine Corps Recruit Depot, Paris Island, South Carolina, where I became a drill instructor. Upon leaving the Marine Corps, my life went to the dogs. I accepted a position with the State Law Enforcement Division in Columbia, South Carolina as kennel master. I was to take over their daily operations of their kennel, and my mission was to train, track, apprehend arm robbers, murderers, rapists, bank robbers, and the most disheartening were lost and missing children. In my first year, I had five fellow law enforcement officers that were shot and killed in line of duty. I was directly responsible for the capture and apprehension of those five actors. It was then that I had to reevaluate what my life's work was going to be, for I had survived the jungles of Vietnam, and now was I to be shot or killed in a swamp in South Carolina. Now, I, I returned home to Pittsburgh. In doing so, I became lost. I, I went to the dark side. I had no idea what PTSD was. Luckily for me, I met a young medical student that took me by my hand. And yesterday was my anniversary, and 49 years later, she still takes me by my hand, and she saved me. As a member of the Marine Corps League in Springdale, we received an invitation to attend a PBS special by Ken Burns and Linda Novich called the Vietnam War. While attending, I was wearing my canine shirt from the Vietnam Dog Handlers Association, and a gentleman came up to me and said, he says, I'm with this group. It's called Life-Changing Service Dogs for Veterans. Would you consider coming down, attending one of our meetings, and possibly becoming a committee member? And that was easy, because once you're a dog man, you're always a dog man. Life-Changing Service Dogs was founded by two Vietnam veterans, an Army Lieutenant, Tony Acomendo, and an Air Force Captain, George D'Angelo. They were attending an event sponsored by an organization called Semper Fi Odyssey and General Jones. This organization helps veterans transition from military life to civilian life. One of the veterans was there with a service dog. Tony and George talked to this young Marine, and he told them that his dog was trained by Guardian Angel Medical Service Dogs in Williston, Florida. Well, after the uh, meeting, George and Tony were so intrigued that they flew to Williston, Florida, where they met with Carol Borden, 
who is the founder and CEO of Guardian Angel Medical Service Dog. Carol took them on a tour of the campus. They observed some of the training exercises. And Carol explained to them that these medical service dogs are trained to mitigate the visible and invisible disabilities facing our veterans, post-traumatic stress disorder, traumatic brain injury, seizure disorders, insulin dependence, mobility issues. The cost of a dog then was $22,000, two years to train, 1,500 hours. Well, the VA was reporting that 22 veterans a day commit suicide. 22. So Tony and George flew back to Pittsburgh and at Duquesne University at a veterans breakfast on Veterans Day, life-changing service dogs was formed. Their mission, pair 22 veterans with 22 dogs in 22 months. And they accomplished that mission. Life-changing service dog is a Pittsburgh-based all-volunteer group. Since our inception, we have raised $1.8 million. We've paired 30 veterans with 30 dogs, have enough for 30 more. But we've exceeded the capacity to train Don at Guardian Angels in Williston, Florida. Guardian Angels has purchased 102 acres in Washington County, Robinson Township, by the old Montour Trail. And their goal is to build a new state-of-the-art campus where they can breed, raise, rescue, and train up to an additional 50 service dogs a year. You know, what these veterans are facing now, veterans coming back from Afghanistan have done multiple tours. And as a Vietnam veteran, we did one, maybe two tours, the max maybe being three. These Afghanistan veterans some have had five or six times being deployed in Afghanistan. And they're coming home with having nightmares, night tremors, survivor guilt. They want to self-isolate. And as a result, they need medical service dogs, like I say, to mitigate these, these visible and invisible disabilities. So our mission is to provide support to build a campus in, in Western Pennsylvania that will breed, raise, and train medical service dogs. Having those individuals suffer from PTSD, traumatic brain injury, seizure disorders, insulin dependence, mobility issues, and get them in the hands of the men and women that have served in the U.S. military. So what is the need in this area for those dogs? I mean, how many dogs do you actually need? Right now, there's probably a waiting list of at least 100 uh, veterans down in Williston, Florida. And with two years to train, there are Pennsylvania has the fourth largest contingency of veterans in the United States, California, Texas, Florida, and then Pennsylvania. I think we're sitting somewhere around 793,000 veterans in Pennsylvania. And when you look at those veterans, the Vietnam veterans, medium age right now is, I believe, 65 years old. So you have, you have those veterans with PTSD. The Afghanistan veterans, probably 30% coming back with 
traumatic brain injury because of the IEDs and roadside bombs, and then PTSD. And then you have our female veterans um, that unfortunately uh, has been exposed to military sexual trauma. So we need a new campus so that we can get these additional dogs out there in the hands of these veterans. And as I stated before, that 22 veterans a day commit suicide. In a recent study by Military Times, they're reporting now it's 44 a day. And of the 400 dogs that have been paired with uh, recipients by Guardian Angel Medical Service dogs, zero suicides, zero. Congratulations. Well. I mean, life-changing. These dogs allow these veterans to come back and obtain jobs. You know, we have we have an Afghanistan veteran, a traumatic brain injury. He's teaching school now. We have a a, a 21-year Marine veteran, Saren Gas. He is a chief technical officer with a computer company. So these veterans now become part of society. They have jobs, but with a service dog. And, you know, this this allows them, some of these veterans stayed in their homes for five years without coming outside, self-isolating themselves. Now to have a dog be able to go out, go to Walmart, go to Giant Eagle, and be a part of society. So I wish I had a veteran here with me because when you hear their story, it is so compelling. Um, Mine is just a a small part. You know, as a dog handler, I understand what that dog does because Fraulein was with me, you know, 24 7. And like I said, I walk this earth because of a dog. So, and when you see these dogs, they're working and most of them have vests on that says, do not pet. And please don't be offended if the veteran says, no, you cannot pet it, only because the dog is working. That dog is there for that veteran, whether it is a buffer for PTSD, that the dog will place himself between the veteran and uh, the person coming up to him. So please be respectful that a true service dog is working when they're with their veteran. Now at the Pittsburgh Forum, you did have a, a veteran with her dog and she was yes. telling her stories. If I remember correctly, the dog has, that knows when she's stressed out and goes and comforts her, correct? Correct. You know, talking, you know, with the, the olfactory nerve that these dogs have and they can sense when that veteran starts, the anxiety starts to build up. Actually, part of the process is that once you apply, guardian angels will ask you that as you start to get into an anxiety state and you feel yourself becoming disturbed, you take sweat samples and these samples are placed in bags and frozen and they are sent down to guardian angels so that they can start having these dogs smell that veteran's odor 
in a state that they're in high anxiety. So that's why it, it takes such a long time to train these dogs. We have a veteran that was in Kennywood, and he was walking with his dog, and he, he is a diabetic. And the dog started pulling him towards this family, not being aggressive, and finally came up behind uh, this family with a little boy who was probably uh, five or six years old. And the veteran stopped and asked the mother and said, is your son a diabetic? And she said, yes. And he said, my dog is alerting on your son. And they checked his sugar. And he said that he probably would have died within the hour if it wasn't checked. That's how amazing these dogs are. That's quite a story to tell. So let me ask you, how big is your organization? How many volunteers do you have? On our official mailing list, and we have some committee members that are not in Pittsburgh, but we have, probably have a core group of 20. Okay. okay. So, sorry. And we meet uh, once a month, the second Thursday of the month at Shepherd's Heart Fellowship down on uh, Pittsburgh Avenue by Mercy Hospital. That is our our unofficial headquarters per se. But we have numerous functions throughout the Pittsburgh area, whether or not we're going to speak to a VFW, a church. We just, last Sunday, we were at the Trinity Presbyterian Pig Roast and Car Show. And this is the second year we've done that. You know, we, we go to different churches. We go to Rotaries, VFWs, schools, business organization that would like someone to come in and have a someone from Life Changing Service Dog talk, and then bring one of our veterans with their service dog, will more than gladly come to your organization. So if someone wants to volunteer with your organization, what do they need to do? They can go to our website, www.padogsforvets.org. And you can go in and fill out, like to volunteer, like to donate. Like I say, we have different functions. You know, we've coming up with bingos. So go to our website. Okay, so if someone wants to financially support you, they go to the same website and they can do it from there? Yes, you can go uh, to the website. If, in fact, you know of a veteran that is in need of a dog, they can go to our website and actually start the process of, you know, I need a dog. They can fill out the form online, and that will go down to Guardian Angel Medical Service Dogs, and that will start the process as far as applying for a medical service dog. But yes, you can go online, you can volunteer, you can donate. Please visit the website, www.padogsforvets.org. Okay, so if an organization wanted to have a fundraiser for, for your organization, which fundraisers seem to be the most successful? Well, bingos are are, are pretty fun. Uh, we have a, a following now that we just posted online about a Christmas bingo. And you know, we've had uh, one individual, I want 22 tickets. I want four tickets. It's pretty fun. $1,000 jackpot. It is held at the Penn Hills Number 7 Volunteer Fire Department. And just so happens that my son is the chief there and has started this, wanted to, to do something for 
a service organization, and he's kind of adopted life-changing service docs for veterans. So the him and his volunteers come up, work the floor. Like I said, we have it's a Toys for Tots program also, so that if you come in and bring an unwrapped toy, we put you in a, a special game for Toys for Tots. So not only are we uh, we're helping life-changing service dogs, the volunteer fire department, and the Toys for Tots program. So that's that's a, a pretty fun one. The Mud Strut, which will be coming up here shortly, uh, will be held on the North Shore outside of Accra Shore Stadium. You can bring your pet, dress them up, uh, stretch your dog. We have different categories as to different sizes. Uh, prizes will be given. It's just a very fun afternoon sponsored by Guardian Angel Medical Service Dogs. Carol Borden will be there along with uh, the Regional Development Director, Jack Wagner. So, uh, you know, go online. There, there's a, a number of different things that we have coming up in the future. And I can say that if, in fact, you're a VFW, we'll be speaking to the Daughters of the American Revolution here coming up. We'll be speaking to a AARP group. So different organizations gladly come and you say, bring a, one of our military veterans and their dog and let them tell their story. It's far more compelling than, than mine. I know you said earlier that when you started this, uh, the cost of training a dog was what, did you say 22 or 23,000? What is 25,000 now. Yeah, 25,000 now. If you, if you would like to sponsor a dog, $25,000, and you would have the naming rights for that dog. I was just going to ask oh, that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if there's anybody out there that would like to sponsor a medical service dog, uh, $25,000, please let us know and we will start the process. And uh, I cannot thank you enough for allowing me to talk about this tremendous organization, Life-Changing Service Dogs. These medical service dogs are life-saving. And when you talk about veterans and dogs, two fantastic groups to, to get behind and, and sponsor. Now, are there similar groups in other states or, or oh, yes. other parts yeah. of Pennsylvania? There are other organizations that have comfort dogs and emotional support dogs. Mm -hmm. And these dogs, you know, it may be a may have a an older veteran or a elderly person that needs a companion. You know, is not trained to mitigate you know PTSD or, or traumatic brain injury. But there are other organizations throughout the state and throughout the country. But medical service dogs are the only dogs that the ADA you know, under Title III. They are, they cannot be refused entrance into any business in the United States. You can only ask two questions. Is that a service dog? And what does that service dog provide to you? Those are the only two questions that you're allowed to ask. Uh, you cannot, you know, you're not allowed to ask the veteran, well, what's your disability? Why do you have a service dog? And it's unfortunate that 
there are dogs out there that are wearing service dogs vests that are not trained medical service dogs. If you look at a trained medical service dog in a restaurant, it's usually underneath the table. It's not up trying to get food off the table or barking. We have had medical service dogs attacked by other pets claiming to be service dogs in Walmarts and and different shopping areas. You know, even the airlines finally came about and stopped allowing all these comfort dogs and service animals to fly on planes. Now, the only thing that uh, it has to be a certified medical service dog. And in the state of Pennsylvania, we're in the process now uh, trying to get legislation that we will have a certificate from the state stating that this is a certified medical service dog. And um, I know that uh, Devlin Robinson and is working along with another organization in an attempt to get this passed in the state of Pennsylvania. Do you have a sponsor for it in, in the Congress? Or is that Always, what you're working on right now? Devlin is, and I don't know from the Republican side who he is working with, mm-hmm. but we were in uh, Harrisburg a month ago and for the Working Animal Appreciation Day. And we were able to speak to some of the politicians there, Doug Mastriano, like I said, Devlin Robinson is the one that uh, is uh, behind this. And uh, he's working with another organization to, to get this started. Well, I want to thank you for coming today. And remember that the name of this podcast is My Life, My Legacy. And I think you've proven that you don't have to die and leave money to, to leave a legacy, that you can do your legacy now while you're living so that you can enjoy it and everyone else knows that it's your legacy. But if you want to support this organization and help get service dogs for for veterans who need it, please think about donating to them. I realize there's a lot of organizations that need a lot of charities that need money and but they also need volunteers, just like you do, correct, Bill? You you'd welcome some right. volunteers? Yes. Okay. And we we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Okay. Again, I'm like I said, I really wanted you on this this podcast. So I I I thank you for coming. So And I want to thank our listeners for listening. Uh, This has been the My Life, My Legacy podcast with your guest host, Diane Robinson. And my guest today was Bill Jeffcoat. For more information on Bill and the work he does, please visit www.padogsforvets.org. We'll also have the link in the show notes for you. So again, Bill, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Diane. You've been listening to the Legacy Leaders Podcast with Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller. For more information on them and the show, please visit PinnacleLegacyLaw.com. If you like what you've learned today, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.